Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse number 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. In other words, wherever you go, Lord, I am going. And there's a lot of people that do that. And then Jesus responded and said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Everybody say, preach the kingdom of God. And another man uh, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but first... But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of God. Listen to me. The kingdom of God is not a place. It's not a vehicle for rearview mirrors. All right. Jesus said, no man that puts his hand to the plow but looks back is fit for the kingdom. Amen. These, these different men uh, said, I'll, let me do this and I'll follow you. Let this happen and I'll follow you. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not how it works. You make that decision and you follow. I believe somebody's going to leave here today determined to follow Christ like never before in their life. Amen. I. I want to preach to you on a very simple but, but profound message this morning, simply price versus cost. Price versus cost. And would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your greatness and, and your goodness, your mercy that is from everlasting to everlasting. And I pray that you would move in each and every heart today, that you would touch me to preach the word of life to somebody. Lord, I pray that whomever comes into this place discouraged leaves encouraged. Whoever comes in this place lost leaves found. Whoever comes in broken leaves put together, Lord, by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord another praise before we're seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Somebody say price versus cost. Now, many of us here uh, this morning are price point shoppers. How many know what a price point shopper is? And you know who that is because that's who you are. You, you are looking for the best price. Amen. My, my wife is, um, she's a price point shopper. I am to a degree, but um, and she's in the nursery right now, so I can say all this without any uh, getting any daggers thrown at me, amen. But she, uh, but she can't look at me. I can't see. 
and uh, she's she is Evelyn Scissorhands when it comes to coupons. She cuts all the coupons, and now now it's all digital. She we used to when we first got married, it was a it was a point of contention. I didn't want to go to the grocery store with her. Because I didn't want to be that guy in line holding up 900 people wanting to check out because she had a coupon book to go flipping through. And I got a coupon for that. I got a coupon for that. I got a coupon for that. I got a coupon. And, 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 I, and I would just be like, come on. I will pay it. Just let's go. Now I got a coupon. And she, and she to this day, but now everything's digital. And uh, when she goes to Target, you know, she's got her phone and and all you tar Target shoppers, you know, you got that thing, and you and you take your camera app out, and you just and it tells you what the price is. And and I mean, she gets a thrill every time she scans it. Amen. And and Sister Natasha, it 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 says ten ninety nine there, but it actually rings up for nine eighty nine, and and she just lights up like it's Christmas, like she just won the lottery. Look, it's it's cheaper. You see that? It's cheaper. And 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 I'm thinking to myself logically, well, why don't you just put the stinking price right there where everybody? Why you got to pull out your app to scan it to get twenty cents off? That's ridiculous to me. But but a price point shopper, it really matters. You know that that you dig. In, you do the extra. I remember we had had this this uh, really uh, strong debate about the worthiness of coupons when we were first married, and she would say, "I'm telling you, when you pull out at least back in the day, when you pulled out coupons, it took a while, especially if they had a new cashier. You always wanted to find the old cashier that that looked angry at everybody because you know they've been working there for a long time." So you go to the old angry person who they know how to, that new person just sitting there, you know, seeing if they're valid. And it's like, it's, it's a five cent off coupon. We don't, we're not, these are not counterfeit. We're not sitting around with five cent off running. I mean, the Xerox copy costs more than the five, but I mean, they want to validate everything's legal and they're scanning this. And of course they got to check the date and it's like, it's five cents. I'll give you the five cents. Just let's go. And we get done shopping, and, and uh, we got a, bag, a, a buggy full of groceries. And my wife, with such tremendous uh, pride and, and self-accomplishment, looks at me, Brother Ryan, and holds this long receipt. And at the bottom it says, you have saved $1.68. And she smiled, look, we saved $1.68. And my response was, that's awesome, babe. Book the cruise. We're rich. I mean, wow. We're going on a free vacation. You are. My wife's the one that gets the night. You know, the one dollar check in the mail. She'll deposit it. I throw that thing away. There's no way I'm walking into a bank with a one dollar check. I can just see the cashier going, "Wow, man, you folks are really in the money." I, th I think we're going to need a manager to come be able to verify we have the funds to cash this check. Why? Why are people price point shoppers? Because they understand price. They understand budget. And, and we buy at price point because the price is right. We buy cheap things to save money when in the long run it can cost us more than if we would have bought something of quality in the beginning. I, uh, I, I remember the first time I bought uh, what I would consider um, a more 
uh, it, it's, my wife just texted me and said, there's, it's always been more than $5. Babe, those are $1 checks you cash. They're not $5 checks. <laughs> Amen. I can't, you know what, I'm, I, I'm turning my notifications off right now. <laughs> hey, I still got the mic, lady. I'm going to, I get last word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and because quality, quality really does matter. And quality really does make a difference. And I, I can remember the first time that I bought an expensive pair. I, would, I mean, some people wouldn't think they're expensive, but I would. I remember the time I bought my first quality pair of dress shoes. They, they were $300. And I just couldn't believe. I mean, I'm holding my chest, you know. You know, I'm... I'm I'm like Fred Sanford. I'm staggering all over the place, about to have a heart attack. But they were, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. When my wife made me think about it logically, she said, you go down uh, to the shoe store, to whatever warehouse shoe store it is, and you buy a pair of dress shoes for $70, and they look good, and they're a great deal, but you're in dress shoes all the time. You wear them all the time. You don't wear them to a business meeting. You wear them basically to exercise in. You run in them. You jump in them. You wear them in and out of airports, in and out of cars, across the yard. I, I'll be honest, when I get home this evening, I will be in a suit and tie, and I will be gardening wearing my dress shoes because i got to water things and pull weeds and things like that. And sometimes, you know, I just don't feel like changing. I can, I can garden in a suit. It don't matter to me. <laughs> but here's the problem. Those shoes, they look good, and if you only wear them, you know, four or five times a month, they're going to last you probably a year or two. But somebody like me that wears them all the time, Every three to four months, I'm having to buy a new pair of shoes. The seams are coming undone. The adhesive's coming undone. Uh, uh, they're, they're only, they're only kind of leather, and they look good, and, and they may even have a decent name brand attached to them. But by the time the end of the year is over, I have bought four or five pair of $75 shoes. And I never thought about that, and I thought, Wow. If I do buy one pair of quality shoes and I went and bought a pair of uh, one of my three favorite brand uh, quality shoes is Meslin. They're handmade in Spain. And I went and bought them. And uh, I have those shoes right now. They are 21 years old and they still look brand new because I get them resold. All my shoes, I get them resold every year, every other year. Because when they're quality shoes, you don't just take them to Goodwill or hand them off. They're quality shoes. You put new soles on cost about $30 this is why this is why cobblers are going out of business and cobbler's not a dessert it's a shoe repairman they're going out of business now I got to go all the way into uh, Antioch in Pittsburgh Walnut Creek to get my shoes repaired because there's none in our area because they're going out of business everybody wants to go buy cheap shoes that look good for a while and as soon as they wear out they just throw them away and they go get another pair and so when quality does matter it does matter. So I can wear those shoes for a long time. Same thing happened with suits. I used to be able to run down and get a $100 suit, and I'd love that suit, and I'd wear it five or six times, and I'd preach in them. I don't wear them to an executive meeting. I'm not wearing them to a wedding. I'm wearing them to exercise in. It's like going to the gym. I sweat in them. 
And those suits would look good for about four or five months. Amen. Especially when I was evangelizing, preaching six nights a week, twice on Sunday. It'd take four or five trips to the cleaners, and all of a sudden, the color would start fading. I remember my shirts, the collars, would whatever color my suit was, my collar would turn that color as the dye would leak out of them. Then I realized, you know, if that worked for my shoes, that might work for my suits. Because quality matters. Sometimes we understand that the price of something does not always determine the cost of something. Have you ever done something cheap and wish you'd have done it right? It's like the old mechanic used to say, I, I can do it, I can do it cheap or I can do it right, but I can't do it right and cheap. You, you remember when you found out that fix a flat really didn't fix the flat. And then you, I remember the first time that happened to me, I put a can of Fix-A-Flat in there, and I knew better, and I rolled up to the tire store, and they said, we cannot fix that hole now. we got to replace the whole tire because your $2 can of Fix-A-Flat ruined the entire thing. Price versus cost. Price versus cost. It may be cheap, but in the long run, it's going to cost you. It may be cheap, but in the long run, it's going to... I could sit here and, and tell you many, many different uh, stories of where I thought I was saving money, but I cost myself in the long run. I remember when I started traveling international, and I'd go buy the cheapest suitcase I could with wheels, and then I would arrive at my destination, and all the wheels were broke off because it was so cheap. And then I'd get there, and then I'd have to buy another suit, and it ended up costing me two or three times as much if I would have just got something dependable because I'm dragging suitcases through the airport, amen, and you could hear the screws screeching across the concrete floor because there's no wheels on it anymore versus cost. Amen. I want to tell you something. If you live your life cheap, it's going to have a cost. If you live your life cheap, it's going to have a cost. And I'm not, I'm not talking about in temporal things. I want you to think about it. Pack of cigarettes cost about $9 or $10 right now. That's just the price. But the cost of lung cancer is how much? Come on, think about that. What, oh, well, well they, can, they can, you know, not everybody dies of lung cancer anymore. Have you seen the recovery process? I want you to think about the price versus the cost. Yeah, that $10 pack of cigarettes that gets you to an addiction that you can't live without those cigarettes. And then there's emphysema and there's lung cancer. And even if they can cure it, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, you're going to spend trying to recover from something that was just a cheap $10 a day habit. The price versus the cost. Price of a can of beer. And I went by a cooler the other day at the gas station and they had the water in the cooler where the beer was. And I looked up and a can of beer was like $6 for a can of beer. $6 for a can of beer. But the cost, the cost, cirrhosis of the liver. Liver cancer, an addiction that drives your family away. Yeah, it may be a cheap can of beer, but the cost of it. Or drunk driving and you wreck and you kill somebody's child. Or you kill your own child. Or you kill yourself. The price versus the cost is tremendous. 
I'm talking about price versus cost. You should not always just look at the price, but you need to also determine the cost of a thing. The price might be $100 for one hour of convenient, cheap love, but the cost, the cost could be an incurable STD or AIDS that will take your life or it'll wreck your marriage and wreck your home. Yeah, it may be cheap and it may be a thrill for a moment, but the cost can alter your entire life. A price of a hit of cocaine may be $40, but the cost could be addiction and suicide and life uh, in prison. It may seem cheap, but I'm telling you, there is a cost that's associated with everything. Proverbs 23 and 23 says, Buy the truth and sell it, not also wisdom and instruction and understanding. In other words, what he was, Solomon was saying was, when you get a hold of the truth, you buy it and don't you ever let it go because the value and the cost of truth far outweighs a cheap thrill of life. It may feel good for a moment, Your friends and your pals and your homies, they may get a thrill for a moment, but the cost of it. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. The cost of it. How many friends do I know that we went to a party? Amen. And it was just to have a good time. And somebody had a little crystal meth in a baggie. And they shot it up, just wanted to see what it felt like. And today, today, some of them are in prison. Some of them have felony records that will never go away because they got into murder. And they got into theft. And they got into everything. And there's some of my friends that got off into heroin and meth because they were at a party. And it was cheap. The price was reasonable. It was $5 for the bump. It was $10 for the hit. But now some of them are in a grave right now because while they could afford the price, they could not afford the cost. You may be able to afford the cost, the price of that friendship, but can you afford the cost of how it's going to damage your life? may be able to afford the price of that job, but can you incur the cost of the damage it does long term? Are you with me this morning? Everybody's got an excuse for not following Christ. Peter said the same thing. We'll follow you anywhere you go, Jesus. But when Jesus goes someplace uncomfortable, we begin to change our mind. It's easy to follow Jesus when you get emotional at youth convention. Amen. You amen that, but can you amen this? It's easy to say you're going to follow Jesus on a Sunday morning altar call. But when somebody offers you a cheap thrill, can, can you discern between the price and the cost? Was Jesus being hateful and insensitive in our text? The man said, let me go bury my father. 
Was Jesus being insensitive? No. Was he being anti-family? No. I think a couple of things might have been the case. The father may not have been dead yet, but he was old and he wanted to honor the family tradition of burying his father. It could have been that the father was already dead, but the Jewish ritual of waiting one year for the skin to rot so bones could be put into the tomb wall and maybe that's what he wanted. Amen. Because he was giving excuse after excuse. Let me bury the dead. Let me go tell them goodbye. Let me let them know what's happening. But Jesus wanted a decision in that moment. Jesus wanted a decision. He said, yeah, you may see the, the price of things, but I want you to understand the cost of things. And he wanted a decision from that man. He wanted them to know, don't follow me because things are good. Don't follow me because crowds follow me because Jesus said foxes have holes and birds have nests, but I don't have anywhere to lay my head. In other words, are you willing to follow Jesus not because everybody thinks it's cool and not because it's an emotional decision but are you willing to follow Jesus even when there's no hole for a fox or a nest for a bird are you willing to follow Jesus Paul picks up on this theme in Philippians 3 and 13 and he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, what Paul was saying this, I don't got time to focus on what is in the rearview mirror. I don't got time to focus on what is behind me. I have already counted the cost and determined, amen, that I am going to serve Jesus Christ until the day that I die. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, Everyone that thirsteth, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, the prophet was setting the stage for what Jesus Christ was going to do some 745 years into the future. Amen. Because the price of our salvation, we did not have to pay for our salvation. We did not have to pay the price of our sin. We did not have to pay the price of our transgression but because God left his throne in glory and he robed himself in flesh in the man Christ Jesus and he walked on this earth 33 years a sinless man and he gave his life on Calvary's cross the apostle said that he took my sins and he nailed them to his cross I didn't have to pay the price Jesus paid the price for my salvation Jesus Jesus paid the price for your salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The price of salvation was bought with the blood of Jesus. The price of salvation was paid with the death on the cross. The price of salvation was paid with the resurrection of Jesus Christ in an empty tomb. We celebrated that last week. And because of that, it's free. It's for whomsoever will let him come. As the prophet said, come and buy without price. Come and buy, you need no money. There is no value that we could 
put on a salvation. There is no price point that we can put on the infilling of the Holy Ghost and having your sins washed away. There is no monetary value we can put on having a clean conscience before God. But Jesus went to the cross and he went to the cross for you and he went to the cross for me because there was a price that needed to be paid and it could not be paid with the blood of animals and it could not be paid with the sacrificial lamb of men but it had to be a spotless lamb and Jesus paid the price. He paid the price for you. And he paid the price for me. So that when I repent of my sins today, I don't have to give out any money. Hallelujah. There is no menu where you can select baptism for a thousand and repentance for 800 and the infilling of the Holy Ghost for 500,000. No, it doesn't work like that. You see, Jesus already paid the price because salvation, although it's free to us, it was not free for him. Did you hear me? I said salvation is free for us. But it was not free for him. Hallelujah. Amen. And because he paid a debt that he did not owe, I now owe a debt that I cannot pay through the price of men, through the monetary system of this world. When Jesus shed his precious blood upon the cross of Calvary, amen, he paid the price that you and I might go free from our sin. You don't have to shed one drop of blood. You don't have to offer one living sacrifice of an animal, amen, but because Jesus Christ gave his life on Calvary, the price was already paid and it's free for whosoever will, let him come. For whosoever will, let him come. Come on, are you glad this morning because salvation is free? Hallelujah. He paid the price that we could go free. He took my place. He took my place. And because of his, because of his price that he paid, salvation is free to us today. So well, how do I get that salvation? Well, it's quite simple, but it's quite profound. You don't get it by obeying a list of rules. Amen. You, you don't get it by shaking a preacher's hand. You don't get it because somebody blessed you or you join a church. It's not how it works. You get salvation free the same way the mother of Jesus got it. The same way the apostle Peter got it. The same way that Paul got it. The same way that everyone that has ever come before you and I has gotten it. That we must repent of our sins before God. 
which is a type of the death of the Christ on the cross. We must be buried in the waters of baptism, which the Bible says is a type of Jesus Christ dying and being placed in the grave. And then we must rise again to walk in the newness of life, which is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ through the infilling of the Holy Ghost with tongues being evidenced that the Holy Spirit is living in the life and coming to the life of a believer. I've come to preach to somebody this morning. Salvation is free because Jesus Christ paid the price for you and me. Hallelujah. But although salvation is free, although salvation is free, the cost to get to heaven is not. Mark chapter 10 and verse 21. I'm almost done. Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come. Take up thy cross and follow me. The Bible said that he went away weeping and sorrowful because he had much possessions. In other words, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you see, there's a difference between getting saved and staying saved. Because there is no once saved, always saved. It's not in the Bible. There is get saved and stay saved. My salvation is free. But if I'm going to make it to heaven, I've got to live for Jesus. And that may cost me something. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke 14 and 26 through 23, he said, if any man come to me and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, was Jesus advocating that we hate our family? That's not what he meant. He simply meant, if you're going to follow me, your love for me in comparison to love for anyone else. That's what he meant. He said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to love me to a degree that is not even comparable with anybody else, not even your own self. Verse 27, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, he paid the price on his cross, but we live the cost with our cross. For which of you intending to build a tower setteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began, all that behold him began to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. I don't want to just start living for God. I want to finish my life living for God. 
Verse 31, and what king go to make war against another king setteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet to him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off sendeth an ambush and desireth or an ambassador that desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. In other words, Jesus said, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta turn your back on everything and make me the priority of your life. You cannot be a weekend warrior. You cannot be a reservist Christian. You cannot serve God on Sundays only, but you've gotta serve God every day that you live. Come on, lift those hands to the Lord this morning. I feel him in this place. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44, Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found it, he hideth, and for great joy thereof go and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Because when you truly find Jesus Christ and the truth, you'll give up everything to follow. The price of salvation is free, but the cost of discipleship is everything. I don't know about you, but I did not start out to follow Jesus just so that I could quit when things get uncomfortable. But if I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to give him everything I am and everything that I want to be and put it in his hands because there is nothing that I surrender in this life that will not be worth living in eternity with Jesus for. Would you lift your hands and pray with me right now? I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of the Lord touching somebody's heart, somebody's life in this all over this place. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody that, that you've never heard this before. Maybe this is your first time around the church. Maybe you've been here for 25 years, but I'm talking to you in this place right now that there is a difference between price and cost. And you cannot earn your salvation because Jesus has already paid that price. But the cost, the cost is up to you. Am I going to serve him? After all he's done for me, I can follow him. He laid his life down on a cross in a brutal way. And all all he asks of me is to daily take up my cross and follow after him. You may say this morning, you know, Pastor, I want to follow Jesus. How do I do it? How do I follow Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us that when you find the field, the treasure in the field, when you find the pearl of great prize, you get rid of what you have. Now, I'm not talking about material possessions here. It doesn't mean go sell your car and your home. He is talking about those things in your life of value that you would put above him. 
Let me ask you something. If I told you this field out here, right out here, if it was for sale for $100,000 and you went out and walked that field and you started poking around in the ground and you found in that field was a chest that was filled with 500 pounds of golden bars. Then you found another buried somewhere else that was filled with 100 pounds of diamonds. Let me ask you something. Even though you don't have the 100, maybe you don't have the 100,000 in your account, would you not find a way to get it? You better believe it. And you wouldn't tell anybody. You'd go to the bank. You'd go to family and say, just trust me on this. I'll pay you back with interest. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said salvation is like that. You'll look at that and say, I want eternal life. And the way I get it is I look at my life and say, look at all this. In comparison to that, it's nothing. So I'm going to get rid of this. All my failures, my shortcomings, my mistakes, my sins, those things that displease God. I'm going to lay that down and I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of my sins, my trespasses against Him. Because everybody in this room at one time or another has violated the law of God. The Bible says for all are sinners and sinned and have come short of God's mark or His glory. Let me ask you, because I don't want anybody to feel alone. If you would respond, this is a, a group effort by raising your hand. If you have sinned in your life, would you raise your hand? 100% participation. You want to know why? Because this is a room full of sinners. You may look around and say, well, you don't, it doesn't appear to be that way, but don't let appearances deceive you. Say, look, they, 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 everybody here, look, they're so nice. But, and, and, but you don't, you don't know, you don't know Sister April's testimony. You don't know what God brought her through. You may, you may look at Brother Roberto and say, look at this guy in a three-piece suit. Looking all sharp. But you don't know where God brought him from. You don't know that he, he constantly looked for the answers of life at, at the bottom of a Corona bottle. That was, that was the high point of his life was on a weekend with Corona and Lyme. But now he's found the real Corona. He's found a crown of righteousness and faith. Don't, don't get it messed up. Anyone here that's following Jesus, we all got some trash in the garbage. You look at me and say, well, that's them, but it's easy for you to say you didn't have, oh, you don't know. 
You don't know the addictions I battled with over 20 years ago. Because when I talked about friends trying meth for the first time, it was this guy that introduced it to them. It was this guy that put the needle in their vein. It was this guy that got them high and drunk for the first time. You see, we all, we all have skeletons in our closet. But the question is this. If Jesus has paid the price, are you willing to pay the cost to live for him? And if you are today, and whether you, and I'm grateful for all our guests that are here, but whether you're a guest or you've been coming to church, you've been saved since Noah stepped off the ark. God's speaking to you today. God is speaking to you today. And are you willing to count the cost and pay it? By simply saying, God, forgive me of my sin. I want you to redirect my path. Because Sister April, when you gave your life to God, what you basically said is the path I'm on, I don't want to go where it leads. I want to be different. And God picked you up, turned you around, and he put you on a different path. Is there anybody this morning that says, Lord, I want to get on the right path today? Before I open these altars, and in just a moment when I open these altars, I believe this place is going to be flooded with people coming from side to side and front to back. But before I do, I would ask you to join me by even if you don't quite understand it all, would you just lift your hands? That, 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 that means I surrender in every language. Would you just lift your hands and close your eyes for a moment? Just what you're saying is, Father, I surrender to you this morning. I surrender to your presence, to your will, what you are wanting to do in my life. I want you to talk to him. Talk to him like he's standing right in front of you because he is. You don't got to pray a formal prayer. You don't got to pray some difficult, long prayer. Just close your eyes and talk to Jesus like you're talking to your best friend. And say, Jesus, I have made mistakes in my life. I have failed you. I've embarrassed myself. I've embarrassed. I have trespassed your word. I have violated your law, God. But I know that you love me. And I know that you desire a relationship with me. And I can't pay for it. Because the cost of my salvation was way too expensive. But you paid for it. And Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin today. I'm asking you, God, to forgive this sinner right here, Lord. Because I'm ashamed of my past. I'm ashamed of the things I've done and the things I've said, Lord. Because I know they are against your word. Go ahead, talk to him like that for a moment. His spirit's moving in this place. God's going to change somebody's life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, talk to him, Lord. I, I'm asking you to forgive me for violating your word. I'm asking you, Lord, I, I, I broke your law. I broke your commandment. That was me. I did it. Come on, talk to him. There's forgiveness. There's mercy in this place. There's mercy in this place. Hallelujah. 
Lord, forgive me of those things that everybody knows I did. Forgive me of those things that nobody knows I did. Or only few, Lord, those things that if, if they were to put a picture up on the screen of those things that I did, I would curl in the floor and I would hide my face with shame. Forgive me of those things, God. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I want to be right with you. Lord, I want to have salvation in my life. I want to walk in communion with you. Hallelujah. Come on, talk to Jesus. You don't got to talk to me. You don't got to talk to the preacher. You don't got to talk to a, a deacon or a priest or an elder. No, you can talk to the Lord yourself. Talk to him right now. His spirit's moving in this place. I'm going to open these altars in just a few seconds. And it'll be the moment of decision. In just a few moments, you can stay, take a step toward God. That'll be the first step towards your life being changed. Amen. I don't care if you've had the Holy Ghost for years or baptized for years or you haven't yet. In just a moment, I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to give you an opportunity Jesus gave that rich young ruler that Jesus gave them men when he said, come on, just follow me. Just follow me. I've already paid the price. I need you to pay the cost. And that is you live for me. I died for you. You live for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is anybody ready this morning to take that step? Because I promise you, you won't be by yourself. Is there anybody this morning that's willing to step in the aisle? In just a moment, you're going to be willing to step into that aisle and walk to this front and say, you know what? I may not understand everything and I may not have it all clear, but I do know this. I want to serve Jesus and I want to be saved and I want to give my life to him. Amen. If that's you, I want to open these altars right now. Amen. Don't be afraid to come. Amen. Don't be afraid to invite somebody to come with you so you don't come by yourself. I'm going to take a step toward God. He takes steps toward, I'm going to take a step to Jesus this morning. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to recommit my life to him. I'm going to rededicate my life to him. Come on. He paid the price. I'm going to pay the cost. I'm going to give my life to serve him. God's got a purpose for you, young lady. God's got a purpose for your life, young man. His purpose for you is greater than what you ever could have imagined. His love, His mercy, His grace will take you further than your own skill, your own intellect, your own ambition. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.